because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to another Baseball Ops podcast here. Special guest today, Andrew Beinbrink. I'm saying it right, Andrew, aren't I? 100%. Most people butcher it, but, uh, dude, you should have been in the spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> I mind just as bad. It's funny how I have probably the hardest name to say, and I, I really suck at saying people's names. So I'm glad I didn't butcher it too bad. But i excited to have you on, Andrew. We'll be talking about recruiting. We really haven't done a lot on uh, the show with in regards to recruiting. It's a big topic. Um, it's a big part of the game. I'm excited to dive into it today, and I think we got a great expert here with Andrew who's had a great career in the game of baseball. Um, I'll let you go into it more, but I know – just from seeing your your bio and us getting to know each other a little bit, I know you've you played. You did really well in, in uh, college ball. You played it. Was it is Arizona State, right? That's correct. And then yep. you uh, were was seventh round draft pick. My name exactly. Exactly. And then you yep. went. Uh, you did. You pulled some good years in pro ball. You got some good time in AAA. Did you ever get a, a big league call up? I did not. Just uh, got some you know big league spring training uh, you know games. So well, that must. How, gosh, that's tough. Like that's kind of like coming in <laughs> second place in the Olympics, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know what's funny is um, obviously we're all here, you know, to serve a certain purpose, and um, you know, I don't. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that my purpose wasn't, you know, to continue to stay on the ball field as just a baseball player, but um, really to get back into the baseball community and, and work to be a leader in the community and, and really try to, you know, further the development of these young men and families that are going through this whole, you know, high school to college to professional baseball journey that I went through myself and a bunch of my friends went through and really let them know that there's a path that this game can touch your life and, and, and really set yourself up with baseball and your education, uh, you know, to build a life of your dreams, which is, you know, one of the underlying, I guess, you know, drivers of why I do what I do and why our organization does what it does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, incredibly impressive career. And I think, of course, <laughs> just what you've been through, you have you know it all. It looks like, you know, being drafted, playing at a top-level D1, working up the ranks of minor league ball. I think you have personally experienced every level of this game. So I think you're just on that alone. You, you're obviously a great guide and in, to helping others do the same. So talk about, I mean, if there's any more I missed on, on your accomplishments and, and then kind of go in more into uh your goal of when you you started sports force and and you started this recruiting uh machine kind of talk about how it all happened absolutely i'm so yeah i'll rewind the clock you know i went through the recruiting process 25 years ago so i was drafted out of high school by the red sox decided to go to arizona state on a pretty good substantial scholarship um and but recruiting was night and day different. I mean, I didn't start getting contact from college coaches until the fall of my senior year. 
um, literally area codes. And there was a few other showcases that were prominent, but area codes was the best of the best uh, out in Long Beach, California. Hundreds of college coaches there, hundreds of agents there. Um, and recruiting didn't happen, you know, really until the summer before the senior year. And then contact usually, you know, in August, September, you know, October of the senior year. And that's, you know, changed so dramatically, you know, in the last 10 years with how accelerated this process has gone. Um, but going through that process back then with and also with a group of friends uh, of mine from from Southern California, we all had different paths. One of my buddies went the junior college route. Another one went to Tulane. Another one uh, went to a Division II school. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we saw was just a, a massive lack of uh, understanding and parents' uh, education on, you know, ultimately how to choose the best fit school and how to make, you know, such a huge decision, um, which is where's your son going to go to college? Um, so that was the impetus and the driver for starting, you know, Sports Force 10 and a half years ago. Well, cool. So I'm, I'm intrigued too. You know, we're almost the same age here. You're, you're September 24th. I was October 12th. We're pretty, pretty close, 1976. <laughs> and you're born in Italy, man. Like, are you, I mean, you're Italian, <laughs> right? <laughs> My dad was in the Navy. Uh, so we traveled kind of the world, um, you know, uh, and, Italy was where I was born in, in Napoli, Pozzuoli. Um, but, uh, no, I'm not actually of Italian descent just by birth. Um, and lived in Seoul, Korea, lived in Newport, Rhode Island, lived in Long Beach, California, uh, lived in San Diego. Um, you know, until I went off to college and what, uh, what was your dad, air force or Navy? He was Navy. He was a, he was a captain in the Navy, you know, uh, most no way, of his career man. he have... was, I have my yeah. dad was a captain in the Navy, man. We are we are like long lost <laughs> brothers, dude. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Separated at birth, like stepbrothers Will Farrell and uh, that other dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way, man. Well, cool. So, like, and so I'm pretty excited. I think Sports Force yep. has really grown over the past ten years, and you've really become a more powerful force in baseball. Um, why, why has baseball been so good? Is it, it just because of the growth of the game, or, or you just guys have really done well just, just due to your experience? Well, I think baseball has some unique uh, attributes to it where obviously you're getting a lot more measurables you know, and, and metrics and analytics than ever before. However, it's still quite a subjective sport um, where college coaches are trying to evaluate um, – a lot of different players to try to narrow it down, you know, to the five to 10 or 12 kids that are going to be part of each recruiting class. Um, and it's not easy. And I'll just give you a quick, you know, um, explanation of what a typical college coach is dealing with. You know, imagine seeing two to 3,000, maybe 4,000 uh, unique players per summer per grad year. So let's say right now 2021s, right? Um, or 2020s, you know, rising seniors. Um, these college coaches are seeing so many players. Um, they're going to build a follow list of a few hundred players that pique their interest. They're going to build like a, a high follow list and, 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 you know, personal interest list of, you know, anywhere between 50 to 150, sometimes more. 
uh, that they're looking to communicate with. Um, and then they're going to narrow that down, you know, to a, a smaller list and that they're going to, you know, start to make offers for and want to get visits on campus. And then your offer list is going to be less than who ends up signing and committing. So it's a very steep funnel from two to 4,000, you know, down to that five to 12 number uh, per recruiting class. And the reason I bring that up um, is because as a player going through this process, you need to understand how the recruiting game is played from a college coach's perspective. They're casting a pretty um, sizable net of potential prospects uh, to look at and to, you know, communicate with. Um, and they're going to keep in communication, you know, if they have maybe one spot for a catcher uh, for their 2020 or 2021 class, they might be actively communicating with five to 10 catchers or even more that they're, that they're strongly interested in at the same time. Um, and with the advent of all the showcases and camps and the online stuff with perfect game prep baseball report and different, you know, databases, um, coaches have pretty much, you know, almost an all you can eat buffet of potential players to consider, um, that, you know, might be in their realm of possibility to recruit. So it's just, um, that's, that's so, challenging for college coaches and so on the flip side. Yeah. So you're seeing a high demand is, is what you're saying too, yeah. right? Yes. And, and we're because of that, cause I've noticed this over the past, I guess we're the same age here. So I've noticed this over our, our, our professional coming out of the game and just watching the yep. game continue to unfold as coaches and, and professionals in it. I've just seen how it seems like they're recruiting younger now. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like not only they're recruiting younger, but they, uh, they're making more verbal commitments, like verbal commitments now seem like, like every school is, is doing yeah. it way ahead of the, ahead of the game. So is this, is just all representation of, of what the demand has become? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the environment, the recruiting environment with early offers and, you know, how aggressive it can be and, and everything is a function of, I think, you know, the NCAA has provided some rules and regulations, but it's still a bit of a wild, wild west in terms of how you can, you know, get things done and, and, and make offers to kids in the eighth grade, um, you know, get kids on campus through a camp to be a quasi unofficial visit, um, you know, and there's just ways to work around the rules. Um, and it's not a tough, you know, nut to crack, you know, for the NCAA to try to figure out exactly what the rules and regulations would be, you know, to, uh, to manage this. Um, but it's important, I think, for players and for families to really get educated on, and we speak with thousands of families every summer and every fall at different showcases, travel teams, uh, events that we um, work with and online stuff uh, with workshops and webinars, but it's really important, you know, to get clear on where your son is, um, skill level, um, athleticism, where they are in the recruiting timeline, um, and what their projectability is, you know, kind of future outlook. Cause you got to know where you are first before you can evaluate 
what showcases or camps to go to, you know, should I use a recruiting service? Do I look at these schools? You know, are these schools realistic? Are they dream schools? And that's where there's a huge gap right now is players and parents often don't understand and know exactly where they are in the process and what steps they should take moving forward to optimize their player development plan and their recruiting game plan. And, and I don't, I mean, there's, there's, there's a, obviously you're going to have recommended times and when they should start the recruiting process, but I do hate the pressure of these kids at like 16 already worrying about who they're being recruited by. I mean, how do you balance that out with, you know, making sure you're preparing yourself or putting yourself in the right place without like getting too bent up and, and, you know, where you're going to go to college when you're just coming into high school? Yeah. Great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you got to understand, you know, where you are in the process. Um, then you need to understand what are the scouting benchmarks per the different levels of college baseball that college coaches are looking for. So are you a right-hander who's, you know, going into your senior year, you're 82 to 84 miles an hour. You can throw three pitches for a mix. You're kind of a pitcher, you know, you're a uh, pitchability guy. Um, however, you haven't heard from any college coaches yet. You're still thinking, you know, you want to keep open to D1. Um, you're doing a velocity program. You're doing the, the workout stuff. Um, and, you know, you're just, you're, if you're going after the D1s at, at this point, you're chasing a sunset, you know, and you're running east. Right. The sunset, sunsets in the west. Right. So, you know, you, you, know, you got to know, you know, kind of where you fit in. Um, now there's a lot of different levels of college baseball. We've actually broken it down to 10 different levels, distinct levels of college baseball and what the scouting benchmarks and, and metrics look for each position. Um, which, and we, which, we which had, I think you, that brings, yeah, but I think that yeah. brings up a good point to stop you right there is, yeah. I mean, I, I've made this before. Do you think this is an accurate statement? I say it's easier to play college baseball than it is to play high school baseball. My the reason is because in high school you're stuck to a district, you know, unless you're going out now to these like, you know, private schools you can go all around the country. But if you're stuck mm -hmm. in your local area going to public schools, you're stuck to a district. When you go to college, now it's like that private school in, in, in high school, you can pick from anywhere across the country. I mean, don't you think it's easier to play college baseball than it is high school? Well, in, in terms of I think that statement's a little um I, I know I think I know where you're going with it, um, where you have just more choice. Um, like you might be at a stacked school, you know, like Kingwood High School. I'm in Houston right now, mm -hmm. you know, at some different events. Um, Kingwood High School, right? You know, pretty stacked school. Um, and you might be literally on the bench and you're still a college prospect, even though you got zero playing time on varsity. You're still yeah, good right. enough to, well, good that's to the, go, that's the point, to go right? play I mean, somewhere. That school's talent, they could probably beat a D3 or a small-level NAIA college, don't you think? <laughs> some of them, yes. Some of, <laughs> some of them can. Um, and that's why, you know, 10 different levels of college baseball that we've, <laughs> that we've determined based on, you know, talking with hundreds of college coaches every month on, you know, what are their measurables? What are they looking for? Who can fit in and, and compete at their level? Um, and then having, you know, over a thousand guys move on to the college, 
uh, baseball ranks and seeing, you know, some players that uh, have great success that just were not, you know, dudes coming out of high school at all. And, and, and I think you're nailing the, I'm, I'm glad you keep saying the measurables because that's the key. And I tell the parents this a lot. Tell me if this is accurate. I say, yeah. you know, you don't want to try to sell a product if it's not a good product, right? You don't want to be out going to trade shows with a product that is, you know, is not standard to the market at least mm-hmm. or average to the market. So don't, don't you believe, I mean, for you being the recruiter, isn't it a lot easier to recruit or help guys be recruited if they have the measurables that all the schools are looking for? Yes. Um, our role, you know, we're, you know, you'll see on our website, you'll see what I talk about is a lot about recruiting, but I'm very passionate about player development. And so is our entire team of former college coaches and MLB scouts, uh, guys that are in the game. Um, because baseball is one of the most beautiful sports in terms of player development because focused attention on the right things in the right order in terms of your athletic development and your skill acquisition, you can make quantum leaps in terms of your, your ability through this game. Um, not many other sports allow you such a range of potential progression, um, in a short amount of time, you know, that baseball can provide if you're, if you're optimized in terms of, you know, your overall, player development, you know, approach, um, and plan. So with, with that, with that being said, where players and families, um, make huge amounts of mistakes and waste huge amounts of money is they're chasing down the exposure game of showcases and and college camps. And they're getting bombarded with emails to go to all these things and they're not ready to be ex- to get the exposure. They're getting exposed, and they're taking expensive field trips to the wrong events at the wrong time. You're right, and this is where you and I team up well because I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying yep. there's not enough player development, allocated time for player development in this sport, mm-hmm. and there's too much trends too many trends to just showcase 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 and not develop and therefore yep. you you're watering down talent across the country you're mm-hmm. you're creating high amounts of injury and potentially people really aren't getting what they want wouldn't wouldn't you think it'd be a better model to come through an organization like me with top velocity and develop those measurables and then work with a recruiter like with you at sports force to find a school that they fit into as opposed to just spreading out their average talent all across America. hundred percent, you know, hundred percent agree. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm the only good recruiting company that's out there. Uh, I think we do some things that are world-class and we have a unique approach, you know, to it. And obviously a, a nationwide network of college coaches that we're in touch with all the time. And you have a, you know, unique science-based innovative approach to your, to your development. And, but there's obviously other pitching guys that are out there as well in development groups. Um, I think if I'm, if I was a parent of a 16 year old right-handed pitcher today, um, and he's throwing 80 to 82 miles an hour and he loves the game of baseball. 
Um, <clears throat> and he's shown some success, but he's really has a desire to play college baseball. I would, I would look at his, in, look at his entire baseball world, um, and his athletic development world and say, okay, what is he doing? You know, and kind of what's the schedule and the game plan. And then how can I surround him and his goals and dreams to go to the next level with the best potential mentors and guides and experts um, that are going to allow him to get uh, in, in, a, in a healthy and safe manner, progress his um, skill level and his joy and passion for the game as much as possible in as short of a period as possible. Correct. And because because that's and, and I'll let you I'll let you say something in a second, because this is a ticking clock. I mean. You're a 16-year-old, you know, 2021 grad. Um, you're going into your junior year, you know. You got probably 300, we'll say 450 days until, you know, uh, national letter of intent senior year signing period. You know, there's a countdown just to that early signing period. Um, and, you know, a majority of the offers you know, for many schools are being made before the signing period, obviously. So anyway, I'll let you, let you dive yeah, in. Yeah, well, I think that's, that you nailed it. And the challenge is, is, you know, never, nobody's clock works perfectly. Yep. Uh, I was a late bloomer. So, you know, if it, it, it doesn't mean if you don't get in, I think people get the anxiety of, oh, I haven't gotten any offers my junior year. I, I think there's mm -hmm. last case scenarios here or, you know, you know, kind of backdoor opportunities here, of course. I mean, I went through a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But it, but but the thing is, is, yeah, do do your best to do like you said and develop in in a short amount of time as much as you can to make yourself more attracted, attractive to the levels you want to play at. But yep. do not cut corners to do that. Because sure. unfortunately, specifically with pitchers who I deal with mainly, Yep. is you set yourself up for serious injury or what you do is you compromise your health in college you know, mm -hmm. like I did you know I I, I get the end I, I my senior year I didn't have a lot of size I was a late bloomer and I was being overthrown over pitched and I wanted to be because I wanted everybody to see me because I wanted to yeah. go play at LSU and then all of a sudden I'm in a juco because I knew this would help me get a couple more years and then my fourth inning my first game I'd tear my rotator cuff you know, mm, yep. we do have to avoid that pitfall because that's a major one. Um, but the key is, is don't take shortcuts is, is let, yeah, get with the right organizations that are going to help you develop, help you prepare yourself for recruiting and putting the, those talents out there and make sure you're getting the best advice to where you are getting in a short amount of time, but you're not cutting corners to do it. Yes. And, uh, you know, I said safe and healthy manner and maybe that was, um, people glaze over that, right? Like, what does that actually mean? <laughs> um, I think that means, is there evidence-based uh, scientific approach to the skill acquisition process, especially in pitching? But I think I'm seeing it more in position players now dealing with early hip, um, you know, hip injuries uh, that are going to affect their career, right. like if they don't get ahead of it and, and, and address it, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have blown out hips by the time they get to, uh, 
by the time they get to college because they're not taking care of their their core and understanding how the range of motion, the mobility, and you know all the things that go into staying healthy. Um, but we, you and I talked about this at the ABCA, and I want to get back to it. And um, you know, as an organization, we do not have a specific preference of saying, "Oh, we're only going to work with kids that are D1 talent," um, or you know, you got to go to a four year and, and not go the JC route. Like the biggest thing is, you know, what are going to be the decisions that are going to put, you know, this young man and family in the best possible position to continue to develop, to continue to have, you know, play with, you know, joy and freedom, um, continue to financially look at the, um, the return on investment that a family is putting into this whole process um, and just have as many quality choices of colleges and opportunities and then be in that position of leverage and make, make a great college decision. Um, and knowing, making a great college decision, I think is being overlooked right now. Um, everybody talks about, Oh, find the right college fit, you know, make a good decision. Um, this is, you know, a decision that's not four years, it's 40 years. Like everybody's kind of thinking that way, but they're not deconstructing it to really make, you know, methodically um, thought out and very, uh, you know, clear decisions because you got 1,500 players right now on the transfer portal that have said, I want to go somewhere else. Division one, division two players um, that are trying to go to a new spot and a good amount of them are not going to find a new home. Right. So like, and I think with you, obviously, I think a lot of people think recruiting, they think what they would see in the movie of, oh, he's going to set me up and I'm going to get a verbal intent when I'm 16 to my favorite D1 and then. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sign and then I'm going to get drafted and then I'm going to make a decision. Should I go into the draft or should I get a cot? Like everyone probably yeah. thinks, Oh, recruiting, that's how it works. No. Like I think the reason for organizations like you is that, yeah, of course you can take guys through those perfect scenarios, but more than likely you spend most times helping people work through all the pitfalls and all the obstacles that typically come on the average case, you know, that doesn't mm -hmm. lay out perfectly. Wouldn't you say is that's probably where you spend most of your time? Yes, the um, I think a couple main areas that um, first just laying out the evaluation of the student athlete and kind of where they are is a big one. Um, identifying the goals that the family has overall and, and really questioning how they're looking at college academically, athletically, financially, geographically, um, and a few other kind of um, factors. And then... <clears throat> really understanding um, what schools would fit into that equation based on the evaluation and the goals. Um, and typically it's going to be a target list of 30 to 40 schools. It's not going to be five to 10. Um, average family that submits a, a target list that we've seen in 10 plus years usually includes 10 to 15 schools of which most of them are just dream schools. Um, so, really 
identifying the schools, suggesting colleges that families haven't considered um, that might be a great fit is a huge deal as well. Um, and then, you know, the kind of ex- exposure sh- showcase um, and player development um, strategies is, is, is a major part of, of what we do and pointing players in the right direction on, on how to evaluate that. Um, and then, you know, making sure that college coaches that are on that player's target list um, are aware of who the player is and why they should, you know, care about recruiting that potential player, um, you know, is something that, you know, we help out with because, you know, we maintain, carefully maintain, you know, hundreds of relationships with college coaches at the division one level, hundreds at the division two, same at the division three. And now we've really expanded reach into, you know, a lot of junior college as well, because, you know, we've had a growing number of kids that are, that are deciding and families that are deciding the junior college route is going to be a great fit. So where, where does the, even though we've kind of demonized it, where does the, the showcase ball come in, like in the recruiting process? Sure. Um, it comes in, well, you got, you got to look at it two different ways. So most kids are playing for one travel team, sometimes multiple nowadays, um, which is a whole nother topic. Um, but so those teams will play typically in some tournaments. Um, and if those tournaments are lined up with evaluation periods for college coaches, then some of those tournaments are going to draw coaches in. Right. Um, so we will, you know, kind of evaluate each player individually to say, um, we know we recommend, you know, some travel, you know, uh, a travel ball schedule with, the team that you're playing with um here's the tournaments that we know based on our experience that are going to have draw in some college coaches um and here's you know the um the approach of we want to make sure that each one of our players before they're going to a tournament that might have college coaches is we're alerting those college coaches on kind of when and where that player is playing or if he's pitching when he's pitching um, cause college coaches don't go to tournaments typically just walking around mindlessly. They have an idea of what teams and players that they want to see, and they're going to get in and get out and move to another game. Um, almost like they have an agenda of appointments that they need to get to. Um, so that's, that, that's on the travel ball side of things. Just making sure if players are going to events that are going to have college coaches, you know, what, what's the best approach to get as much of a return on investment for these families? Because every one of these tournaments, if you're traveling, whether it's by car, by plane, and you're doing hotels, I mean, everything adds up really quick. Um, you know, families are some, some are easily spending $10,000, you know, this summer chasing down different showcases and camps or tournaments. Um, so does that make sense? Just kind of from a travel ball standpoint? Yeah. Now, on the individual showcase side of things, which is college camp invites, individual showcase stuff, um, there's been such an explosion of the number of outfits that are doing these that parents are overwhelmed. They're just, which one's a money grab? How do I know it's legit? Um, And it's just creating chaos. Um, 
And so, you know, the approach that, that we take is going back to the player's evaluation and where they are in the recruiting timeline and their athleticism and development is just a very strategic approach to what events are going to make the most sense um, for where that player is. Um, and then if they're getting, you know, individual college camp invitations, um, which ones are recruiting for their class at that player's position and making sure that that player falls in line with that potential college fit before just, you know, randomly going to a college camp. Perfect. So at this point, if we could give us an understanding of the benefits of working with sports force versus um, just doing this on your own. Sure. <clears throat> doing, doing it on your own. Um, it can be done. Um, it can be stressful. Most parents are going through this recruiting process for the first time, especially, especially if it's in baseball, you might've had a child who, you know, played softball or, or another sport, but baseball is a, a pretty unique animal. Um, and the kind of overarching benefits that we want to bring to the families that we work with. Um, and to, to be clear, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, we get contacted, you know, by hundreds of families and players a week right now. And we're only working with a small uh, percentage of them because we go through like a five-step qualification process on the athletic and academic profile uh, because we're, you know, advocating for our players, writing scouting reports and sending that directly to college coaches. Um, so it isn't just a, hey, log on to our website and you, anybody can just sign up um, to what we do. Cool. Um, and but so that's a major benefit just right there, meaning I'm going to know that I'm going to get a, an honest evaluation um, and understand where I fit in um, and just have that, uh, you know, discretion um, of our of our approach, you know, is, is unique in the industry right now. Um, but the biggest value propositions, you know, that we want to provide or the benefits that we want to provide is we want to ultimately have a very personalized recruiting game plan to help that student athlete maximize the potential recruiting offers with colleges that would be the best fit academically, athletically, and financially for the family, guide the family through evaluating those offers and ultimately make the best decision, you know, so they can move on and use baseball and their, and their education to set themselves up, you know, for a successful life after college. Um, and, and you know, think, and we execute that through, uh, you know, kind of a few major principles. And that is, um, making sure that, um, the evaluation of the player is being done on an ongoing basis, um, packaging the player with video stats, measurables, et cetera, is being done in the most professional manner to grab college coaches attention and to add players to those colleges recruiting boards. Um, and that's a continuous process. Uh, and we use social media, we use email, we use personal you know, relationships, everything we can possibly do 
to try to you know maximize the amount of recruiting opportunities for for the players that we work with and then we guide and mentor you know the players and the families through here's where you are on your journey um for a young player who's maybe having a first conversation with a college coach that can be really intimidating um we want our players to know here's what you're getting into you know in this conversation with a college coach here's some questions you should be prepared to to answer and here's questions you should be prepared to ask um and why and that goes all the way until helping the parents understand their roles and responsibility in this process as well because there's been countless parents in the history of recruiting you know that have literally you know, been destructive or detrimental in their kids' recruiting potential because they were too involved um, and trying to represent, you know, their son um, in the recruiting process, and it turned off a college coach. Yeah, I've heard that story many times. <laughs> yeah, and college coaches can identify a parent, uh, you know, uh, who's going to be a problem from a mile away. Like they've just seen it so many times. There's look, you know, <laughs> if you're a parent who's being very vocal in the stands and sometimes maybe uh, a little over the top, college coaches will find out who your kid is. They're going to, they want to know what they're getting into. So doesn't mean don't be excited and supportive and encouraging and vocal, but keep it very positive Um and college coaches talk, you know, at the end of the day, college coaches will also talk to other college coaches. And we've heard of players just getting burned um, because of how parents behavior. And wouldn't you say, I mean, if I'm looking back to kind of my coming up, I'm, I'm thinking how you, this would have benefited me. You know, I th probably statistically, am I wrong? The kids typically probably pick colleges very close to where they're from, wouldn't you say? You know, um, we've seen obviously a lot of different, you know, case studies. Um, there are some, you know, some statistics out there that uh, a majority, which just means obviously over 50 percent, are going to usually pick colleges, you know, within a four to five hour drive of their home. Um, now, depending on where you live, that can sometimes be a challenge, right? Um, you know, if you live in, um, I would say Arizona is a good example, right? We work with a lot of, uh, uh, players and coaches in Arizona. You just have, you got three division ones in the state. You got a couple NAIs and you got a bunch of junior colleges. And so you got really good talent, but you don't have a lot of college options nearby. So. I think it's a case by case basis. Um, and I try to, and our organization tries to keep families minds open. Um, because here's, here's the example, right? Let's say you got a kid in your area in Louisiana and you know, he's like, Hey Andrew, you know, our family and, and my son, and we really like to stay, you know, within a few hour drive, um, you know, and, uh, and be able to find a school that's, that, that's right around here locally. And I say, okay, well, um, so, you know, we spoke with the coaches um, over at Southern Illinois. They had a chance to see your son play, you know, in a, um, 
in that recent tournament there and really like how your son pitches and command and whatnot. Um, so, you know, would you like me to tell that Southern Illinois coach that your son has zero interest in their school and to just lose your kid's number? Right. What do you think the response is? Well, they go, oh, no, oh, no, 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 like would, I've heard, I know Southern Illinois, I just looked it up. They're, they're a low level division one program, you know, the new coaches there from Missouri, like they're probably, you know what I mean? Then they yeah. just start, <laughs> they just start opening it up. Right. Um, and so at, at the end of the day, what I've seen is that parents and players will go where the love is. Right. Well, but you got to find the love, right? And my point is, is, is they don't know much outside yep. of their local area. So, sure, that's why you know you're, you're a recruiting organization like yours is doing that. It's saying, hey, look, we've got relationships with schools all around the country, and here's some, you mm-hmm. know, across the country right now that I think would be great fits for you. That I guarantee you would really want your your type, your ability, whatever. And it just yes. opens your eyes to what you potentially, where you could potentially go, and that's exciting. I think for a young kid, when he starts to see, wow, there's all these great schools all over the country, and then it brings in, you know, it changes your life, man. G- growing up, you know, when yep. I went out to California to start playing minor league ball, I mean, I met my wife out there. I go, out, I still go out there all the time. Almost feels like my second home. It's cool when you start having someone who can open your eyes to all the more possibilities than what you thought were out there. Absolutely. Um, and along that point, I think for families, if parents are listening, you know, which I know many of them are, um, is that some of these schools that you might not have thought of yet can provide great financial packages, combining athletic, academic money, need-based aid. Um, you know, you might be in certain states where, it's expensive to go to college or there's schools around you. You might be in States where, Hey, if we just stay in state, we're going to save a lot of dough. However, and I, we tell this to parents all the time, you can't look at the sticker price of the university and make your decisions based on the sticker price of the university until you understand what the net price is, the final price that your family would pay for your son to go to college there then you can make your decisions financially. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a great point. Um, because you're right, yeah. you're going to have some schools that are going to, you know, might be a 40,000 a year school and they might give you like 30,000 in financial support, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, you know, we, we talked with and, and had a number of players, you know, recruited to Ivy League schools. And some of these high academic schools Parents don't realize, okay, so yes, their sticker price is very high. However, they can put together, you know, tremendous packages based on the the level of, um, you know, endowment and resources, financial resources that they have, you know, for the the students that are going to that school. Um, And each school, you know, typically is going to have a different kind of calculator of how they come up with that. So it isn't like you can just say, oh, my family makes $150,000 household income. And just because XYZ school is only going to give us $5,000 a year in aid, that doesn't mean that five other schools can't put together packages that are way better. Right. I mean, I went to a Jesuit college in Mobile, Alabama called Spring Hill. 
and it was almost 30,000 back then. And I only had to pay like 5,000 a year yeah, to go there with academic and athletic scholarships. So yeah, if I was sitting there going, Oh my God, this is a 30, my, you know, my dad was, a, you know, <laughs> built houses and was in the Navy. You know I mean? We weren't yeah. poor, but it's like, we never would have been able to afford that up, you know, just straight up. I mean, I, sure. I never would have walked in there if I didn't have that financial support, which is, sure. is profound. I mean, like I tell players is that's why you got to consider going into college is you're, you're a professional athlete, really. I mean, you're, you're, there's an exchange there. There's a scholarship. Yep. That's money. I mean, if technically I was getting paid 30000 a year, 30000 a year to play college baseball, which is, that's a great mm. salary, you know? <laughs> sure. I think you got to sure. look at it that way. <laughs> well, I think you do. Um, and I just know kind of in, in our um, efforts and what we tell families is, I mean, yes, if – if, if your son academically, athletically, and your family's a good kind of, you know, qualifier for working together with us and, and, and we all get along and it makes sense to partner, of course, there's an investment in our program and, you know, our, our hands-on guidance and, and help and, and efforts uh, to maximize those offers. Um, however, what we've seen is through 10 and a half years, is we're going to cut through those low return on investment decisions that families throw money at. And it comes in many different forms. College camp is one form. An individual showcase is another form. Chasing down a tournament that your travel ball team plays in that, it, that doesn't you know, generate any college coaches' attendance you know, could be another one. The wrong player development um, approach uh, or, or services related to that or instructor that doesn't, you know, make, you know, fit the bill. Um, massive amounts of money can be saved by just having a discriminated, uh, discriminating your choices to the right highest value generating, you know, opportunities. Um, so we'll tell a family, we'll say, Hey, we're going to save you, um, the money that would be, um, that would substantiate the investment in our program as we work together. And then our goal is we're going to help you get as many recruiting opportunities. And with that, then you're going to have more leverage to figure out the best financial packages at the schools because you're getting recruited by multiple schools simultaneously. And our goal is to help you not overpay for college uh, and save as much money as you possibly can there. Um, because, like your dad, my dad was in the Navy, um, split family, parents got divorced. Um, so it wasn't a two household income. Um, and it was critical that we, we, we got a really good financial package to go to college. I had an older brother who went to college. So there was, you know, an outlay of money that my parents put toward that. So I get the plight that is, is currently going on by families trying to figure out where to put their dollars especially with the 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 cost of school today is insane well, mm-hmm. look in, in closing because we're drawing long here talk about so that you know they can f- basically going through the process with sports force first of all sportsforceonline.com is the website i think you got some great walkthroughs there great videos to kind of introduce the steps yep. and the process of what you do at sports force but give them a quick uh, kind of walk through 
Tom, where do they sure. go? They go to the site. They they sign what? They do what? They call you whatever, and then and kind of if 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 you if you make it, uh, what's kind of the process to get them going? Sure. Well, um, so we have the sportsforceonline.com forward slash baseball is for our baseball specific site uh, to check out, um, and then you know social media wise, just at sportsforcebb uh, for baseball. Um, is where you can see a good amount of the stuff that we're doing as well. But at the end of the day, um, the best way to, uh, to get in touch with us is either A, um, send us a message through at scouting at sportsforceonline.com. Um, another opportunity is if you want your son to be evaluated uh, by one of our staff um, then we have an evaluation form on our baseball website um, to fill out and complete. It's kind of a recruiting questionnaire. Um, and then I'd say thirdly, you can just DM us on social media, Instagram, SportsForceBB, Twitter, SportsForceBB. And we're getting a massive amount of players and parents that are submitting video and measurables with their, with their kids uh, and their grades through social media as well. So give you a few different outlets. Um, but, and we see, so our staff now, we got over 20 former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts in more than 10 different states across the country. We're seeing through various perfect game, prospect wire, prep baseball report, five tool, um, Marucci world series, which I'm heading to. And we got, uh, another guy with our organization heading to uh, later this week. We're, we're seeing thousands of players play every summer, so we're actually scouting and evaluating, um, as well as face-to-face meeting, you know, hundreds of college coaches um, through different events that we're going to um, as well. So we're in the trenches. We're not just, you know, an organization that's, you know, in an office um, from a cubicle trying to sign up um, you know, kids by, you know, <clears throat> by the thousands. Um, and that stuff is out there and you got to be aware of that as a family, uh, to not fall into those traps of different organizations that don't have a, um, a qualification process. Um, uh, but yeah, that's it. Everything starts for us with an, an evaluation on the skill level, the academic profile, um, the athleticism, and, you know, the overall, um, you know, just kind of understanding of where the current recruiting status is for us to then diagnose how we can help, what we can do, if it's potentially a good fit or not. Perfect, man. Um, well, that was awesome, man. I really appreciate taking the time to do this and educate everybody on the recruiting process and what you guys do and kind of the different roads you can take and, and just um, – you know, understanding the business, the goods and the good parts, the bad parts. And I think your parents, I hope uh, those parents listening and players listening, they got a, a lot of education on this and will make better decisions in their career. Any, uh, I know you've given them every way they can find you. Any last words on this? Yeah, I would say, you know, what we, um, if you're, if you have no idea where your son is or if you're a player listening or you're a coach listening and you have no idea where uh, you are in this process, um, 
we're going to be rolling out a lot of education. Uh, we're rolling out our own podcast as well that we've already recorded some interviews with some college coaches. Um, but I would say one thing that we've seen uh, has been pretty cool is players have been just saying, hey, you know, I, I want to know what the measurables are for my position uh, for the different levels. And because that's kind of like, um, it's not very publicly assess accessible information to say, oh, I'm a catcher. Um, I throw a 2.1 down to second. I'm going into my junior year. Um, I'm six foot, 165 pounds. Like where do, where do I fit in? So I'll leave that as an open invitation, uh, to give value to, you know, Brent, you and your whole community. Um, if people want to learn, um, we're here to uh, we're here to share because ultimately the more educated this baseball community gets of coaches, players, parents, uh, and professionals that are in it, um, we will raise the level of quality. I think we'll raise the level of uh, competition, and I think we're going to raise the level of people saying, you know what, my dollar can can generate you know a return on investment. And I don't feel so lost, you know, in this process of trying to help my kid reach their dreams. Yeah, same thing. That was good. Uh, I get that a lot, too, with the measurables. And, my, you know, the goal yep. from the player de development side is just trying to get give them the tools and the programming, the understanding of putting their bodies in the, in the right positions to be able to reach for those goals. Because I think the sad part is, is the kids don't understand that and they're trying to reach for their goals. Uh, before they're really prepared for it. And then that's why I think we have such an injury problem. But you're right, education's the key, educating. And, um, you know, and, and be, like you said, be careful, because there, there's still a lot of organizations out there that they prey on those that they can kind of mislead. Um, and, mm. and then there's those out there that I believe, like the ones that I'm associated, like here with Sports Force, that I believe are, are doing it the right way. And, and um, it might not be... You know, they don't probably don't use a lot of the same marketing uh, approaches, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're not as good or better. That's why you got to really do your homework and learn more about them. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, I appreciate that so much, man. I'm going to um, shut it down. You got it, brother. Have a good one.